0: I'm Abby Hornacek. I'm Ben Dominich. I'm Dana Perino, and this is the Fox News Rundown.
1: Monday, September 26, 2022. I'm John Saussier. The streets of Iran have been packed as of late with people upset with the government and how it's treating the citizens. This has been going on for years now, but this time around things seem different.
2: There is right now a massive chasm in that country, one that continues to grow wider between state and society or between the regime and the people. And this is something the Biden administration can ill afford to ignore.
1: This is the Fox News Rundown, evening edition.
0: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com/system all lowercase to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com/system.
1: There is big unrest going on in Iran these days. After a 22-year-old woman named Masha Amini was killed while in custody of the country's morality police. They say she had a heart attack, but there is evidence to support the idea that she was actually beaten to death, all for not properly wearing a hijab on her head while in the capital city of Tehran. Protests across this country have gotten deadly.
2: It is a qualitatively different thing to be protesting uh, against an authoritarian and Islamist regime.
1: We're speaking today with Benham Ben Talablu. He's a senior fellow at the Foundation for Defensive Democracies, where he focuses on Iranian security and political issues.
2: And while the Islamic Republic uh, was established in 1979 due to street power and protest. There's been protests against the Islamic Republic almost as long as there's been an Islamic Republic. So that's 43 years and 43 years of protest. But the protests that we've been seeing uh, just on the streets in the past 10, 11 days now, triggered by the death, the brutal death, the brutal killing of a 22-year-old Iranian uh, Kurdish woman named Massa Amini, uh, who was in the capital of Tehran, uh, basically brutally killed by the by the morality police over alleged headscarf. We know that country has discriminatory uh, veiling uh, laws and regulations when it comes to women and, and, and gender segregation and things of that nature. Uh, but ultimately, these protests pick up on the changing pattern of, of maybe the past half-decade of street power uh, we've seen in Iran. Uh, because the protesters and the Iranian population writ large have moved far away from reform towards revolution and have used every available opportunity, human rights issues, foreign policy issues, economic issues, environmental issues, societal issues, particularly since 2017, uh, to demonstrate their opposition to the Islamic Republic in its entirety. So they're qualitatively different from the protests that you saw in 1999 that were triggered by the closure of a reformist newspaper or 2009 when there was a stolen presidential election stolen away from a reformist candidate and given to uh, the bombastic Holocaust denier in chief, uh, then-president Mahmoud Ahmadinejad. So these protests are qualitatively different. Just a little bit of data for you and your listeners. Protests have been raging for 10, 11 days right now in over 140 cities and towns across all of Iran's 31 provinces. Uh, Estimates of those killed range between 41 to 51 to 76 persons. Unofficial estimates are believed to be much higher. And there is actually uh, a little bit of pushback. There's been five security forces killed. The Iranian people feel like their backs are up against the wall and they have really nothing to defend themselves with. There's localized and even nationwide Internet blackouts. And the Iranian people uh, need assistance to communicate with one another as well as to continue to get their message about their plight out there to the world and to the
1: international community. Yeah, this isn't just your run-of-the-mill protest where you make a sign, post it on social media, go out and march for a couple of hours, and then you're done. Statement made. This is like life and death with these people right there and they have their martyr this 22 year old woman who you mentioned there who did unfortunately lose her lives but it has sparked up all these protests can we talk more about her what exactly these morality police are in iran because it's the first time i'd ever heard of them when i heard this story what exactly did she do and why was she arrested by these uh, so-called morality police
2: Well, fortunately, the Biden administration did sanction this entity, uh, the morality police, which is a subunit of the already sanctioned national police or the law enforcement forces of the Islamic Republic. These are police forces that the Islamic Republic uses to crack down uh, more against protesters demanding basic rights than to actually uh, keep law and order. So it's a very different kind of police. And these morality police uh, have men and women working for them, engaging in discriminatory practices, uh, trying to enforce that mandatory hijab or the mandatory veiling of women. They're basically uh, imposing upon society which has sought to reject these norms a hyper-Islamist uh, uh, kind of puritanical uh, streak seen uh, in, 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 in things like these long-clad black chadors that regime supporters wear uh, or that the very, very, very devout wear. Uh, but basically this is institutionalized discrimination that they are enforcing. Uh, with, with, uh, with real muscle, they're cracking skulls. And most unfortunately, as, as you know, Masamini, 22 year old, uh, is not the only martyr of this movement. It was her death that touched off these 10, 11 days of mass protests across Iran, across geographic and societal, and even ethnic and racial and gender-based divides. There has just been another death of an even younger woman, a 20 year old woman, uh, Ms. Najafi, uh, who was also killed using weapons of war against her by Iran security forces. There are one too many of these stories coming out of Iran, and many of us from remember back in 2009, for instance, the brutal uh, killing by sniper by Iran's paramilitary forces of Neda al Uh This regime uh, is best defined by these types of actions.
1: Yeah, I've also noticed in Iran, of days after those initial protests, that there were actually pro-regime protesters out there as well, showing their support for the current government structure in that country. Can you talk about these protests and were they sent there, do you think, by the government? Is this staged or are there actually people who feel this way, who feel that uh, the current Islamic regime is doing good for the country?
2: Well, there's a very, very narrow section of Iranian society that reaps social and economic benefits by having these authoritarian Islamist thugs. Remain at the helm of the country and sacrifice national interests for the factional good or for their own particularly narrow uh, worldview. But that margin has dwindled, and the Islamic Republic has actually bet on the next generation of urban and rural poor to sustain this regime. But the people who have been protesting most aggressively, particularly since 2017, and helped move the population away from reform and towards revolution, have actually been that urban and rural poor population, the people that the Islamic Republic had gambled on. Those are the people you know, these protests are happening from the outside in, from the provinces towards the center, towards the capital, not from the capital towards the center, towards the provinces. And this is one very key thing to take away when we're looking at street power and people power in the Islamic Republic. So just as we saw in 2009 and just as we saw uh, in 2019 to 22 when the regime tries to bust in a few select people and, you know, doctors' images and cut videos short to show you, uh, to pretend to show you how widespread their support is, uh, the the massive tide is on the side of the people. And there is right now a massive chasm in that country, one that continues to grow wider between state and society, or between the regime and the people. And this is something the Biden administration can ill afford to ignore, particularly as it foolishly, in my view, remains uh, wedded to trying to keep the door open for nuclear diplomacy with the Islamic Republic.
1: Today we're talking about Iran, where big protests have gotten deadly as of recent, all as the United States tries to lock down a nuclear deal. Our guest today is Benam Ben Taliblu, a senior fellow at the Foundation for Defense of Democracies. We'll have much more coming up right after this. Let's talk about that for a moment because the Biden administration is obviously trying to renegotiate an Iran nuclear deal, one that former President Trump pulled the United States out of. You just mentioned earlier in the conversation that the administration has sanctioned the morality police. You're saying here that the United States should just walk away from this deal completely, or can we get something done that actually might be beneficial not only in keeping the world safe from Iran getting a nuclear weapon, but in other issues that Iran has, including funding terrorism groups around the world?
2: You know, most unfortunately, uh, the way the deal is actually structured, because the administration seeks to resurrect the deal that was garnered uh, and negotiated in 2015, but now would be paying more for an even lesser version of that deal because restrictions have expired and because the regime has violated so many of its tenants, plus under the Biden administration, the regime has made qualitative advancements in its nuclear program, advancements that cannot be reversed by some kind of deal that barely hits pause on the program. So in this sense, you're paying more and you're getting less, and that's you know, if you take this deal into isolation, this deal would essentially also fund the regime's terror apparatus. Uh, this deal would essentially fund the regime's terror apparatus. Basically, those that are in charge of the foreign and security policy would relieve sanctions on those entities. It would likely pave the way for cash transfers to those entities. And also, it would empower those engaging in the crackdown in Iran today. And that would be the most tone deaf thing for the administration to do, particularly this administration, which came in trying to draw a sharp cleavage from the Trump administration, but also talking about having a human rights-centered foreign policy. I think now is the time to match one's rhetoric and one's deeds and one's words. It was, uh, you know, it was good that President Biden mentioned the protests at the UNGA. It was good that you had these uh, targeted designations, but that has to be the price floor, not price ceiling against uh, the Islamic Republic and pulling the plug on a fatally nuclear deal that would ultimately pave the way for this regime to get nuclear weapons has to be step number one towards a larger multilateral pressure policy against the Islamic Republic.
1: It really is interesting because with an unrest going on inside of Iran and then on the outside, they're trying to renegotiate this nuclear deal. It almost seems like Iran is negotiating from a, not a position of power when the protests are going on. Do you think that these protests would be helpful to the United States, maybe getting a more favorable deal, or are you saying that we should just walk away completely?
2: It would help the United States if it if it took a cue from the streets and, and closed the door, uh, or or, or close the door conditionally. Even the Biden administration hasn't even done that. Uh, right now, you're hearing grumblings potentially uh, from the European Union, the European Council. Uh, potentially going to be considering human rights sanctions, but ultimately uh, the overall government policy of the EU is also to work towards the resurrection of this fatally flawed nuclear deal. So it's high time that we remove this deal uh, from the West's Iran policy and work to create a united Western pressure policy against the Islamic Republic. You know, this regime's threats both to its own people as well as to Western interests is not just defined. Uh, in the nuclear space. It's time for an Iran policy, not just an arms control policy that kicks the can down the road in a very costly
1: fashion. Ben Ben talablu a senior fellow at the Foundation for Defensive Democracies. Thank you so much for being with us here on the Fox News Rundown Evening Edition.
2: Thank you so much. My pleasure.